It's the Hive Sports Podcast, bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. Visit us at thehivesports.com. Against Gobert, puts his shoulder down, rolls inside, try to slam it home, and Rudy said, not tonight! John Beck is on the run, he throws behind him, it is, cut for the touchdown! Merrill for the lead, he's got it! RSL fans, another match, another L. Make that five on the season. A tough <sighs> one last night, and it was not pretty at all in Dallas. And this is another episode here on RSL Sunday Podcast. I am Marcos with Connor and Royce as well. Yeah, how are you guys doing after that terrible, frustrating <sighs> loss last night? Yeah, I mean... Looking at you, you just pull up the score sheet and just looking at the stats, it's you're just already going to be frustrated. Just looking at it from that point, you see 15 shots to four. They had two shots on target, two goals. We had 15 shots, five on target. Like, ah, just not what you want to see. Yes. Yeah. Especially after all the talk we've been saying about McMath and how he's kind of just there. And I think this week kind of proved it. That's really when you need, like, your goalie to be stepping up and kind of keeping you in the game and at least making some sort of save that he wasn't necessarily expected to make. Yeah, most 100%. definitely. I was kind of just looking into it. Um, out of our seven games, we have outshot the other team in four of them by a wide margin, like, not just, like, a few shots. Like, last night was the biggest showing of that really i mean we completely dominated them for really the whole game gave up a stupid chance at the beginning within a couple minutes and honestly we responded like pretty well for how we usually respond usually when we go down early i would just assume the game is over right then and there but we actually showed some fight i thought so a little better i guess that's that's two weeks in a row at least if we're trying to take some sort of positives. That's two weeks in a row where we've at least scored after going behind and yeah. brought it back even. I think both goals, you look at them, they're both like just sloppy mistakes and just kind of sloppy defending, especially that one at yeah. the end. Just like Merrim not tracking his man into the box and just uh, just frustrating, especially just with how many chances we didn't see <laughs> on our end. Yeah, so a, a lot to the, lots of breakdown on today's episode with last night's frustrating loss in Dallas. But first things first, like every episode, we got some RSL trivia. And the question for trivia was, was very fitting um, for our, our match last night. So when was the last time RSL won in Dallas? Definitely not last night, that's for sure. Yeah, I, say, <laughs> I wish we could have said 2023, but... Um, <laughs> was it 20, right. 2016, 2021? 2017 or 2019? I went with uh, 2019. I didn't. I was thinking it was maybe like somewhat recent, but I didn't know if 2021 was maybe too recent. Um, I went 2020 or 2019. I was definitely in the minority there. Um, looks like 2020 <laughs> was the most selected answer, but mm-hmm. I'm not totally positive. Yeah, I went with 2021. I don't know what it is, but I keep picking the most chosen answer. So I feel <laughs> about that each week at least. But I mean, what yes. now there's Houston, Dallas, and Austin. So I'm sure we won a game in Texas last year. But 
or I'm just not sure if it was in Dallas. Yeah, so that's what I went with. Yeah, so the correct answer was 2021. So uh, Dallas scored first early in this match in the 20th minute, and then we scored, Krylak scored in the 80th minute, and then game winner in the 90th was Albert Rusnak when we still had him. Yeah, and shout out to RSL till I die underscore Eric. He looks like he got the right answer and got the bonus point. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was looking back on the formation of who we played in this game in 2021. We played Eric Holt as a center back. We played a 3-4-1-2. Uh, <laughs> this was when we still had Eric Holt. Uh, we still had Menendez, and we still had Rusnak. So I'm like, and Bobby Wood. But it's a very funky lineup for, for this Seems match. Like, we, we still have just, one in Dallas. Just the RSL way to be playing guys out of position, I guess. Yeah, and this was also when Dallas also still had R- Ricardo Pepe, and now he's turned it up uh, for the yeah. U.S. national team. Mm-hmm. But let, let's let's jump right right into it with this awful loss in Dallas. Dallas scored right away with Jesus Ferreira in the fifth minute, and he's been unstoppable so far this season. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah and I think that's the one thing we probably going into it i'm sure the whole team was talking about it i know we were probably thinking about it all the fans like that's the one guy we want to try to keep quiet and to go in and within five minutes to let him go and score and do what he does definitely frustrating um i think looking back on not just that goal but both the goals it just it just felt sloppy when you really go and look and rewatch it. I know it's, it's always easy to look back and look at replays and it feels like it's super avoidable, but I don't know. These ones really did kind of feel avoidable. It's just not tracking your man in the box and letting a guy go loose in between two guys. I don't know. It's just things that feel kind of basic and black and white that we need to be practicing and training that we aren't getting done. I mean, we we, really played well, and then really conceding a corner in the late minutes and, like, conceding there is really beyond frustrating because, what, that's our third or fourth conceded corner goal already this season in seven games. So we're really looking at, like, every other game. So that's definitely probably our biggest issue if you want to look at it, like, statistically from that side. But just absolutely awful marking on that one. Um I don't know if you want to chalk up kind of both goals on Vera slightly because that kind of like was his zone and he didn't really get over along with Mara, but just really unacceptable in the closing minutes to a game, especially when you've been playing so well. Yeah, well, and not only, I mean, definitely put some of the blame on Vera, but like it's also just got to go on Vera, not at least like freaking screaming at his guy and telling him to just, come back inside and mark his dude. And so I think that's the main thing for us is just like working as a team and working as a unit and going in and calling out that guy and making sure that we're all on the same page in terms of defending and the shape that we want to hold on defense. Yeah. And we saw that we did like the pretty similar lineup in last week's game against Charlotte. We went to four, four, two, um, Kralock obviously out in this one, but, Instead of doing Brody, because Brody was out injured, we did uh, uh, Davis, I guess, with Bodie Hidalgo. Uh, do you think Hidalgo was a good pickup for, for the starting, or do you think Anelli would have been better 
No, definitely, definitely would have started Anelli. I was actually shocked he didn't, just because he really has been playing that well. And that's who I would choose. But really, the rest of the lineup was pretty strong, I would say. Uh, after last night and moving forward, I definitely would start uh, Ojeda over Lawfulsend at this point. Lawfulsend is just pretty solid, but I think Ojeda just has a little extra flair to give us a little more throughout like a 90-minute game where it'd be more beneficial than Lawfulsend. Yeah, well, and I think Lawfulsend's more of like his lack of technical ability he makes up in like workhorse and just willing to put in that extra effort. But I think sometimes we do need that extra technical ability to be able to find that extra pass, to find that last ball. And especially going out of our midfield, only having those two back there, I think Ojeda definitely suits that role a little bit better than Lafelson. I think Lafelson and Ruiz do form a good duo, but I think the best possible situation going forward is us being able to make Ojeda and Ruiz really work. Yeah, I was going to let us say the exact same thing. We, we saw that in the Charlotte match. Uh, Lafelson said it after the game. He, him and Ruiz, they're starting to get a very good jive well with each other and i we haven't really seen that much with ruiz and ojeda so me personally i would rather see lawlesson start with ruiz and then have ojeda come off the bench kind of like what we saw in this match with dallas coming 46 minute and then ojeda plays the rest of the half so i i hope that's the case um and then we saw second half um Maram randomly get minutes um do you feel like with Maram? With Maram getting like that super sub assist for Severin, which was a beautiful header, do you think that solidified Maram getting more minutes moving forward? I don't know no. if it's solidif yeah, I don't know if it solidifies <laughs> it, but it was definitely a step in the right direction because I thought this was the first time where he actually like made a difference coming in off the bench. Lots of times before it's almost felt like him coming in was just like because we had to do it and we brought some guy out and then we just started seeing a downfall from that point. But I feel like coming in this time, we kind of switched up the tactics. Once we put him in, we were able to move Severino a little bit further out wide. And I think it worked well. I, I mean, even just going on that cross, I think it, it, it just shows that, like the tactical adjustment that we were able to make, getting more people in the box and Merriman to that position where he, he really is best is sending in those crosses yeah. and, being a creative guy and so I, I hats off to Pablo there I mean we didn't get the win but I thought that Merrim sub actually was like super good for this game I mean coming into the season he wasn't ever going to be a starter he was always mm-hmm. kind of just going to be that late substitution guy I mean that was kind of what the depth depth chart was looking like from the beginning of the season so I mean it's finally good he actually made an impact and any positive way for the first time this season. So I'll give him props for that. But I mean, I don't think this changes anything. I think his max minutes per game is still about 35. I have no way he can play a full 90 as he started a couple and came out early, but yeah, he's definitely just going to be a super sub moving forward. But I guess a question I have for you guys is, do you think, or I guess how I should say this is, I feel like, Brian Vera playing left back versus center back is really like two different, completely two completely different players. 
Yeah, no, and are I guess are you, are you asking like what we prefer in terms of what yeah, we've seen like, from him? Yeah, so I guess looking at it so far, like where do you think you want to see him playing moving forward? I, I like... personally, I want to see RSL go more to three defenders in the back. So Vera, Silva, and Glad. More like maybe like a three, four, I don't know, like three defenders in the back just so we can be more a- attacking because right now we, we don't have that. We, we can't even finish chances. So I feel like that would be maybe a smarter uh, method. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be interesting. I just feel like I, the where I struggle is I think I think Vera was super solid at center back. I thought he was like he played the position super well and he's a big body. So he like suits the position super well as well. But I just struggle to see us if we were to go to a three at the back or even someone else instead of him at left back. I don't know. I just felt like up until that point, the left back position was like such a struggle for us. Like we were having to move Brody over there and we saw him every time he was going down that left wing, having to cut back in, use his right foot. And so I just, I feel like if we don't see Vera going there, I struggle to see a viable option that we could use in place of him because up until that point, I mean, it seemed pretty desperate. We were, calling out for it on the podcast we were desperate for him to start starting there because we hadn't seen anything there and so i don't know it's just a lack of depth again just very frustrating yeah feels like we're just i mean thin. we're obviously one of the worst teams in the league so i think at some point we really have to look at our roster and be like all right at this point we're just going to put our best 11 players out there yeah and i know it's like different for each manager they don't want to play certain formations just because they, that's not really their style. But at some point, I think we're going to have to look at this team and realize that Vera, he's like a solid left back. Um, I just don't think he's fast enough. And he's not the most technical, but he is very good at crossing. So kind of like moving forward, I'd honestly like to see like a three or five at the back. Yeah. Kind of glad Silva, Vera, and then obviously... I'd like to keep seeing Anelli on the right side until he oh, does something yeah. wrong. Yeah, no, and then left that. side, um, honestly, we could bring Oviedo back. Kind of like to see what he's been up to. He was on the bench the other game. But maybe give him another chance at left back with five at the back because d- defensively we've really struggled. So I think if we did just have our three best defenders back there at all times, we could fare a lot better. Yeah, well, and I wonder – like if it comes down to it, if Pablo would be able to kind of swallow his pride and be like, okay, maybe we do need to adjust the system. Maybe this isn't going to work with the group we have. And I feel like that's also just important moving forward because I think either if it's not this season, which would surprise me um, next season, definitely we're going to be, have to be looking for a new coach and so I think we really need to be like looking for someone who's versatile and able to kind of change the way we play based on the group he has in front of him and not just necessarily being so rigid and stern in his style of play because there is coaches who are like that and I mean sometimes it works if you have the right funding the right board who believes in the manager like that like it it really will work Uh, and we see a lot of big clubs in Europe but 
in a situation like RSL, I think it's difficult with a coach like that who's not really willing to change or adapt his system because we get in positions like where we're at right now where we're playing dudes in positions that they've never even played a normal like full 90 minutes at. And I think that's when you really start to have to either decide as a board that you're going to invest heavily in that manager or move on from that manager and find someone who's more willing to just work with what we have. Yeah. And like, look at LAFC, for example, like Steve Trundolo, he is fully knows what he's doing when it comes to coaching. They're fully, they're, they're deep on their bench and they're, they're scary, good at attack and they're very good at defense. So they're good all around. And then when it comes to Pablo, he just cares about the psychology when it comes mm-hmm. to coaching, not very the, the actual coaching aspect. So I, I don't know what it is. We need to actually dig deep and find somebody who knows what it is about coaching. Yeah, so, well, it feels like a little frustrating when instead of Pablo blaming a tactical error or some sort of error in the actual tactics and the gameplay, he always seems to try to lead it back to some sort of mental mistake or <laughs> and i and i, and I know it, it does lead to that as well like the mental part of the game is such a big part of it but you can't you, you gotta understand that there's a lot more to it than just being locked in like yeah you yeah. can't solely focus on that and exactly that's really just like his whole personality and his style of coaching so it feels like that's kind of what we're just yeah like, like those like Memphis Grizzlies back in the day and just like <laughs> kind of like we're gonna work harder than you type of deal, but like just pump and grind and I don't know. It just it, I think that that sort of mentality and play style works for a little bit, but it catches up to you because people start learning what your weaknesses are and things like that. And that's when you have to mm-hmm. adapt. And I think that's what Pablo's shown he's lacked in is adapting. Yeah, I think besides the the loss that RSL took last night, the biggest thing that a lot of fans were frustrated on on Twitter uh, was the fact that we saw Diego Luna not get any minutes at all yesterday. He was on the bench. Are you guys surprised by that? Yeah, I guess this game didn't really scream Diego Luna. I like him as a player, but we kind of were just playing very well already. It didn't seem like we were going to concede another one since at that point we only had three shots and one on target, which they scored. And we really had complete control of the game. Second half, I wasn't worried about them at all, honestly. But I don't know. I think just from like a standpoint, I guess, of holding that result, because we would have been happy with the tie last night, obviously, just with recent form. So... I don't know. I feel like he just wanted a little more defensive-minded players at that point. Yeah, I think it's it's tough, especially with like such a late goal being in like the 86-87 minute. Um, obviously, we were dominating the game up until that point. We were the one dictating play, creating the chances, being the ones that looked threatening. And if it wasn't for that last little slip up that defensive mistake i think we might have been a little more lenient on pablo i don't think many people would be asking as many questions because <laughs> if we would be protesting the next game exactly because i i think 
if it weren't for that last late minute slip up, I think it was a pretty good result overall. We we were the ones creating. T- we we probably should have won the game. Like we missed a lot of chances that we could have put in. Ojeda had that shot with a brilliant save. Like mm-hmm. if if that goal, I know it's like a hard situation, like mindset to kind of put yourself in. But if you looked at the game as if that goal just never happened and we finished as a tie, like we, I, we, I'd probably be feeling pretty good. Like if we came out of there with a point with that type of performance, I'd be feeling pretty good. So I guess I feel a little bit, I guess I'd a little bit with Pablo on that front because we really didn't play the worst. We definitely deserved a lot more out of that game, but at the end of the day, you got to get results. Like there's only, yeah. I mean, so many times you can keep counting excuses. If we didn't concede that final goal, honestly, we would have been having a completely different conversation today. Exactly. And that's really what it comes down to. And looking at our schedule, it has been really hard, honestly, at the start of it. We've played some really good teams. Last week, Charlotte finally played a bad team. And so I think that did show we aren't exactly the worst team in the league. I just think we have had quite of an unfair schedule so far. So if we would have gotten a result last night, definitely would have been a different conversation of, hey, maybe we're finally turning it around, but I just still haven't seen enough to, I don't know. Confident going root, yeah, I feel confident like that we're going to make the and playoffs or anything like that. And we're not, we're not entirely the, the worst team. Yes, we are bad. We've only won two games. But today watching El Trafico, both LA teams play um, in, in their little derby, um, seeing LA Galaxy lose actually made me happy knowing that we're not the worst because we've won more games than them this season. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. And like, I don't know. It's, we're just at a weird point because, yeah, we've played, a, a, we've had a super tough start to the season, very tough. Um, but if we want to consider ourselves a playoff team or a team that wants to challenge for anything, you really do have to start getting results in these sort of games because I mean there's only so many times you can have these sort of mental lapses and mistakes that lead you to dropping points and not getting the results that you were looking for or what you deserved in that matter and so I don't know I I think I think we're definitely in like a a pretty pivotal point of the season if if I'm being honest I think in these next couple games if we don't I think the next TIFO for yeah the next TIFO for Saturday's game should be goals change games. <laughs> Seriously <laughs> though, I mean like, gosh, I wish we were at least getting linked with some sort of attacker or an extra striker that we were bringing in because, man, it's really it's hard to feel confident looking towards the rest of the season with the attacking threats that we have and what we have. Yeah, up. we. we... We've talked about that in past episodes. We we have the, the transfer window literally, and I think it closes next Sunday or next Monday, one of the two. Yeah. Do you see us signing a nine by that time? Because Rubio Rubin, he can't finish anything yeah. to save his life. Do you see something happening? Yeah, I don't. I don't think Rubin could hit the ocean if he was on a cruise <laughs> ship. If I'm being honest. Um. I'm not sure who has a worse shot, him him or or Tate Schmidt. Yeah, no. (laughs) I think McMath might have a better finish than him. (laughs) (laughs) It's, 
it's it's bad i i do not like we i think our strike force i'll give Crylock a little credit but like julio and rabin if you're just looking at those two i i don't know if they would start every game for a usl team like i'm gonna mm-hmm. go out and say that i it might be a little bit of a stretch might be exaggerating a little bit but like man those guys just do not impress me and they've never showed me anything that's necessarily made me be like okay wow we really we've got a player in there we just need to find him or like make make the right system work for him it's just i don't know rubian had a few crazy goals but like uh, just i don't see it with either of them to to be fair i think anderson julio has become a lot more non-one-dimensional this year i think he's done a lot better with dribbling and technical and build-up play specifically. I always thought he was just a fast dude up top. But this year I've actually mm-hmm. seen a lot from him to where I feel confident moving forward with him. I've seen enough progress to know that he is a player that can improve, but I completely agree with you that Rubin shouldn't even be in the MLS at this point. Yeah. The fact he's ghosted for, was like, over 25 straight games now without a goal as a striker or something like that, just – yeah absolutely wild so yeah his, his most noticeable changes, stat like, is probably his rest red card against austin fc oh that's right that's definitely. right he's the last player to get rsl player to get a red card i forgot yeah. about that one well, so I definitely wait hope i didn't spoil next week's rsl trivia <laughs> oh, no, you're, you're... <laughs> definitely when krylock gets back fully healthy i think Rubin lost his spot i think it should be krylock and julio up top yeah i mean i mean i've even Send send Rubin down to the Monarchs. Just give some young guys. Give Axel Kai some play. I think I I, I, wanted, I wanted to uh, yeah I wanted to bring that up. I saw because I know a couple of weeks ago we were kind of questioning like where he's been, what's going on. He hasn't been on the Monarchs. I saw him post on his Instagram this week a picture like in like his training gear, and he said we're back. So there must have been some sort of injury that we weren't very uh, privy to, but. Uh, I'm definitely very excited to have him back and getting going. I'd love to see him get a few games with RSL, especially with the output we've seen up front so far. Yeah, and then and speaking of the Monarchs, the Monarchs need all the help they, they can as well. They took a, a, a beating on Friday against Sporting Kansas City 2, 4 nothing at home. Uh, Gavin Beavers did make a start, so that's four, that's eight goals that he's allowed this season. So it's not, not his fault, of course, but yeah, Monarchs do have some young talent, so hopefully they can figure stuff out as well over there. You said four zero. Yeah, they got spanked four zero at home. Father like son. Yeah, <laughs> taking after. We're just showing them. After. Yeah, they're exactly. just taking notes from us. We're showing yeah. them exactly how they're playing. I guess so. We're, we're, we're from top the to bottom. Blue. We're consistent. Yeah. We're laying the blueprint for them. We're teaching them how to, it's done. But heading into Saturday's match, uh, we have San Jose this Saturday, which is very surprisingly a good team. They are fifth right now in the West at 14 points. Uh, 10 goals they scored, eight allowed. Uh, Jeremy Abobase, he's a very good attacking player. What are you guys looking forward to in this Saturday's match? Well, number one for me is that Wondolowski is finally retired. Uh, that dude averaged, I swear, three goals a game whenever he played us. Even if yeah. he only played 15 minutes, he was always coming in and scoring an 80th-minute goal, I swear. So 
no more PTSD from that. So mm-hmm. along with that, I saw enough yesterday to give me a little more hope that we can play better. We've been creating slightly better chances the past few weeks, I feel like, instead of the first few where there was not any decent chances, just shots outside the box. But I think we're actually getting better looks, and I think we'll start to finish them. So for my prediction this week, I'm going to go with a 1-0 win for RSL, actually. Okay. Well, one one thing I'd like to point out is – I mean, it's it's a very, very big stretch, but we now have a new tied RSL top goal scorer, Jefferson <laughs> Sabarino. Let's go. Give no longer is our center Let's back go. our top scorer. So nice job, Jefferson. We'll take that. <laughs> Leading into that, I'm going to go with a 2 nothing. RSL win. I think okay. this this last week it didn't leave me feeling very Pablo out. I was feeling a little more confident in him. I was like we've said this whole time. It's these were pretty small individual errors overall. I think the game, looking at it as a whole, was pretty good on our front. So I'm I'm feeling confident. San Jose has been a little inconsistent this year. We'll go two nothing. Yeah, just looking at San Jose's past matches, the last time they lost a game was March 18th, and that was to St. Louis in St. Louis 3-0. But they just beat Sporting Kansas City yesterday 3-0, but Sporting Kansas City is actually garbage. Um, but looking at who their, their top scorer is at five goals, Christian Espinosa, Bobas at four goals, uh, Espinosa at two assists. So we need to find some way to stop them or they're going to literally wreck us. But... I'm I'm feeling really optimistic after yesterday's performance, so I, I'm going to go a, a, a two two one victory for us. Uh, Gomez is going to finally have his first brace uh, oh. Saturday. Oof, I love that. Yeah, no, I'd love that. I think that'd be not only big for Gomez, but just big for the team to see some goals coming from elsewhere and just I don't know. I'd love to see some consistency up front anywhere. So I think once he scores his first goal, then it'll actually prove to us that he's actually worth $4 million. (laughs) Open the floodgates. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, we shall see um, come this Saturday against San Jose, 730. Make sure you guys are there. Pack the riot. Get loud so we can show the team all the support they need. But until then, follow us on Twitter at RSL Sunday Pod, and we'll, we'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah, we'll see you guys. See you guys. The HiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. The HiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school, so check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.